Okay, hello everyone. Welcome back to uh, another episode of uh, Condemnation of Everything. We are broadcasting from the sixth most miserable place out of the world, according to uh, a recent article in iPolitico. Uh, and uh, Ooh, shout out for being in the top ten. Yeah, yeah, shout out exactly. We've beaten out some some key countries. Truly. Um, yeah, we. Uh, what are we looking at here? We're looking at. Uh, let's see here. Spain being most miserable, um, with a score of seventeen point six one. Whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, and this. Uh, in case you're wondering how they're writing this, it's based on the misery index, which is awesome. I love that name. Yeah, it's, it's that's, great. That's very nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which I believe is uh, based on inflation and unemployment rates. Yes. Um, Key indicators of people's happiness, for sure. For yes. sure. Yeah. Those are true metrics. I mean, I'm kind of surprised. I thought with Greece being second, they'd be happy that they had higher unemployment rates because they could drink more Orzo. Yeah. Uzo. Yeah. Uzo. Uzo. Yeah. Uzo. Yeah. They could drink more Uzo, go Whatever. to the beach. Fucking olive oil. I don't know. But yeah. Just go down to the beach, cover themselves in olive oil, get a nice tan going. Yeah. Grow, get a, grow out their chest hair. I don't know. Yeah. Get another check from the Germans to yeah. bail them out. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? That doesn't sound that miserable, to be honest. Yeah. It uh, could be okay. So, and then, and then it's followed up by Italy at 15.73. Uh, oh, no. That was Greece. Apologies. 11.96 for Italy here. Um, yeah. Um, and I mean, again, I you know, you look at it's a Mediterranean country. You got some pasta and you got some beaches. Uh, the only of mopeds. The only problem is that you'd have to deal with Italians every day, and that would be the one thing that would just make it miserable for me. But that you know, <laughs> I get yeah. Maybe there's a lot of expats uh, from other countries in in Italy, and that's yeah. where they're like. They just have such a large contingent of immigrants in Italy that are so miserable that they have to deal with Italians every day, that it actually made them the <laughs> third yeah. most miserable place yeah. only because of immigrants hating the Italians. <laughs> I think we need to be adding these parameters to the uh, the analysis here on this index because inflation and unemployment, let me tell you. They is, need to hire us to update their methodology. I would love to go work. This is put out by the Fraser Institute. I would go, I would love to go work there and uh, you know just ha have, have some good chats the, about... <laughs> the, the Fraser Institute is also well known to be a right-leaning think tank. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what makes us even better. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, because I, their index I'm sure was literally just a spreadsheet and it's like, alright guys, let's just take the public data of inflation and unemployment over the past 10 years of all the countries in the world and uh and see how they rank over some average and we'll, we'll call it something that'll get us clicks like the misery index <laughs> yeah exactly we'll capital capitalize misery so it's even more important <laughs> yeah so if, if you're wondering where uh canada ranks we're coming in at about uh it was what 10 10.93 percent uh, oh no we're looking at 10.88 10.88 yeah so you know we're we're just a little back of uh iceland they have 11.26 uh on the misery yeah. <laughs> um and i mean i kind so of get that well. because iceland is a bit of a shithole because if you think about it you, you can drive around the, the country in in four hours and they eat fermented shark meat it's it's yeah, a pretty horrible the, place the, the uh i mean you won't get murdered there's one murder every five years so that's kind of nice that's but, true i i mean i think like three quarters of the population lives in one town yeah. like that's that's uh <laughs> you know there's not necessarily a ton of opportunity yeah. if you're not loving where you're living yeah that's all right though yeah, I want. I wonder what their uh, their vacancy rates are like there. I wonder if they have that's enough a, housing. That's a great question. I want to say no, but um, 
you know what? I, I, you know, if you think about the land, what do they have? Like old Viking huts that people live in there? I don't know. Do they have much infrastructure in Iceland? Yeah, actually, what they do, they're not even Viking huts. Uh, they just take the old Viking boats, flip them upside down, <laughs> yeah. and put them on some Pitch poles. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they use uh, seal blubber as the mm, curtain. So yes. that keeps the heat in. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I think their energy costs are like something absorbent too, which is. Even well, they have better. geothermal there. Right, because uh, oh, our, yes, our right. yeah. good friend of the show Zach Efron, oh, yeah. <laughs> did did a great friend travel, of the pod, yeah. Friend of the pod did yeah. a great travel show, yeah. where he went to Iceland mm-hmm. and uh, was he... was mind blowing that not everywhere <laughs> does geothermal energy. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah. love Zach, but uh, not <laughs> it's it's kind of like being blown away that not everywhere has. <laughs> oil drilling because not everywhere has oil under the ground so um yeah that's that's yeah shout out to good friend of the pod yeah Yeah. i actually you know funny story a lot of people probably don't know yeah is i actually trained zach efron to get ready for uh the movie he was in with the rock you might have heard of it Mm -hmm. what what movie was that that was uh baywatch Yeah, yeah. I uh, he, did he take some uh, athletic consulting advice for you? No. So essentially, I um, uh, I got him on HGH, <laughs> and then we hit him with the Russian gas. So HGH helps get you big. Yeah, yeah. And and, and Russian gas gas is uh, what they give hockey players in the uh, KHL, which is the Russian Hockey League, <laughs> so that they can't feel pain. Excellent. So I just gave him so much HGH that he got swole, and then so much Russian gas that he couldn't feel any of his muscles tearing. And then I just made him do deadlift, squats, push-ups, and pull-ups for 20 hours a day. Excellent. Yeah. He was, and he was only allowed to eat the scraps of the rocks tuna. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, he could lick the rock's plate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He, he'd, he'd suckle the tuna juice out of the can before <laughs> yeah. after the rock was done with it. God. So, and yeah, then, I mean... And then start ranting about geothermal to everyone on the set. God, what a, what a nightmare that guy was. Yeah, I mean, uh, great guy, but uh, yeah. he can be a bit of a handful. Yeah, he seems like a fun guy to hang out with, maybe. You know, a couple drinks, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, could it could, could, be, could be fun. Yeah. But, I mean, he'd be pretty miser- miserable if he came to Canada. Yeah, you remember that, <laughs> that Netflix show? Well, I guess it was... The same one where he was he went around the world trying different water oh <laughs> but, like every episode i just I, I didn't really quite understand the like it was so the premise of the show was him so scattered sort of running a travel show based around water and trying to find the most the best water the most expensive water i i still think the best part about this is he was doing it with some like California hippie grifter. Yeah, who like started a water company? Or I, no, I, I I, he wrote a book. And, okay. and, yeah, he wrote oh, a yeah, book. Like a and self-help then, book? And, well, no, it was like a... Uh, I don't think it was self-help. I think it was like a... You know how to only eat uh, green foods and shit water and be super healthy, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and and like Zac Efron read it and was mm. like, oh, I need to do a Netflix show with mm. this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I gave him a little too much Russian gas, and his his his, yeah. his mind was firing a little funky. Want, but uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that was a great one. Yeah, <laughs> highly recommend it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, re- I remember when he was just so genuinely floored when he was in France and he was walking around the city. And it's like they have like a, a mandate where public water fountains are just so readily available. And he's like, wow, this is such an amazing concept that people can just have access to free water in the city. It's like, whoa, 
Just <laughs> yeah. Just rev- <laughs> I mean, uh, you can you can you can get tap water pretty much anywhere in America. Maybe not Flint. Yeah. So yeah. It, well, it's, it's not, not that much. it's it's not coming out of a cherub's uh, nipples uh, like it is maybe in France. But, I uh, I don't know, man. I I've been to France and uh, I don't really know how great that water is. Yeah, those yes. pipes are probably pretty damn old. Well, there's no god that you gotta pay for to take a leak anywhere in Europe. So everyone just pisses on the street in Paris. Yeah, they piss in a garden bed. Water I, the I, plant. I, don't know. I remember like broad daylight just seeing like you're you're going to see like a historical building or some museum you're at the louvre and you just see some dude whipping it out and taking a piss on the louvre like it's nothing you're like oh it's something that a lot of major cities are missing is exactly that yeah it's just those public urinal stations whatever you want to call them yeah 100 percent. a trough public trough i don't know (laughs) yeah public trough yeah (laughs) (laughs) come get your slop yeah, exactly. That's where they get their water from. They refine all the piss that goes into those public urinals. Well, it's uh, environmentally friendly. Yeah. It's actually what they use to cool all the nuclear reactors is street piss. Yeah. <laughs> well, wasn't that Zach Efron's idea that he would take all the street piss and send them into the geothermal plants? <laughs> there we go. Problem solved. Yeah. yeah. So that's why uh, we uh, France won against us in the miserable index. But uh, yeah, you know, they, I mean, they're ahead of us here in Canada, France, the U.S., Australia yeah. and the U.K. all deemed less miserable. Yeah. Uh, and the least miserable countries were Japan and Switzerland again a little bit hard time believing Japan's not a little bit more miserable yeah, isn't there like a really the, dangerous work culture there where with 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 like where people just work themselves to death essentially? yeah you you essentially uh go to work go out for drinks with your workmates and then on business trips cheat on your wife yeah that's kind of my understanding of uh business culture there and do pokemon go on the way uh, yeah and <laughs> uh and maybe get liver failure because you've boozed yeah, yeah. The, the thing that blew my mind in japan was uh like even a starbucks won't open till like 9 10 wow in the morning yeah Oh my god! Because you you work crazy long hours, and then you go drinking, and then and then you you don't start super early in the morning. I get. I mean, you know, I kind of respect that. Yeah. I I mean, it fits my lifestyle. It is such an odd. I mean, also Japanese people like in Japan, coffee isn't really a thing there, too, is it? Or it's more tea, right? Uh, Like you get up in the morning, have a green tea, but uh, get up in the morning, have a coffee. Is that? Yeah, I was staying in hostels, so I wasn't necessarily getting crazy immersed in the in the breakfast culture. (laughs) Okay, so Um, (laughs) I also woke up hungover a lot and didn't Mm. wake up until after breakfast. Ah, yes, yeah. Yeah, So you could get your Starbucks in the morning. Yeah, no, dude. You know where I ate the most uh, in Japan? I, I, and I wish we had this. You go into like a Seven Eleven or a corner store, Mm -hmm. you can get like a dope like lunch you can get <laughs> what would you get yeah oh man you could get a knife sandwich you could get like a like a noodle stir fry kind of thing you wow. could get hamburgers holy shit they have like in the in the corner store yeah yeah oh. they'll have four high quality microwaves that you what? just can use <laughs> what's a high quality microwave like like a kitchen kind of quality okay, like, so yeah so get... that it's not going to burn out you know when 20 you... seconds it's hot well, not so much that, more that it can get used enough and not just shit the bed. You know oh, when you get like yeah. a $100 microwave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been in the office for 10 years. You got a microwave, like it, a glass of water to pick, get it room temperature. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Picked it up in an alley. Yeah, like no. there. But yeah, like you get a nice yeah. kind of, they'd have um, like even kind of like dumpling. Yeah, just like. Yeah, just 
essentially it, what would you would get for lunch at uh, a deli grocery store in yes. North America. Oh, that's very nice. But yeah. in a corner store, and they're everywhere. That's something odd. That I just, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's odd that that hasn't really caught on here. And like, I mean, even in the UK, I know they have that. Um, what is that called? Like pret manger or something like that? Yeah, yeah, pret manger. You know, in some ways, pret. Pret. I don't know. I don't, I don't speak French. Yeah, I mean, I, my pret. my anglophone accent is horrible as well. But yeah. I don't uh, know. yeah. Um, but yeah, I know what you're you talking know what about. I mean? pre- kinda, people it, love that shit. That it's, it's pre- like pre manger in, in the UK is is kind of like uh, it's like a Western version of it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but it's it's still kind of got that like professional managerial. That's class true. More of, of a person. Starbucks than than a convenience yeah, I, store. Yeah, I'd say it's it's okay. like Starbucks yeah. that doesn't make a shit sandwich. Because yeah. also, can we just address that Starbucks has the most overpriced oh coffee? It's mm-hmm. not very good. And their food is trash. Yeah. I actually can't. Way overpriced, too. Way overpriced, and it's trash. Like, their sandwiches, awful, man. I don't understand people who go spend $17 on a 1,000-calorie drink and the shittiest sandwich you can have. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it makes you look professional. When you're walking into the office with a Starbucks whatever fucking sandwich and a drink if, if i see somebody you look like you're ready to start your day if i see somebody walking into an office space with starbucks lunch and coffee <laughs> i instantly want them demoted i, I lose instant respect for the entire company <laughs> i have zero respect yeah, for any work they i will do. use all of my resources in the company to make them if if they work for a human rights association, I no longer have faith that they are actually looking out for people's human rights because they're not even looking out for themselves. Yeah. They're, they're actually abusing their own human rights by eating that garbage. Hey, but at least, you know, if they buy that e- Ethiopia water, they are donating to charity, so you could give them some props. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's earth water. Oh, I, I, earth water, Ethiopia water, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's some sort of charity. I guess Ethiopia, in Ethiopia is on Earth. I think it is. Yeah, yeah that, I guess that. I see where you're going. Yes, I don't know some sort of water. Back to the water conversation. Christ. Well, yeah. So that 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 article really floored us uh, today. Um, just breaking news. Surprise. We Surprise. live in a shithole. <laughs> And it ain't getting better. It ain't getting better. But I mean, you know, you know what we, you know what we do have to look forward to in this country, since we're already the six month mi- miserable country. Yeah, we have these great things that have been providing jobs called the uh, oil and gas industry. Oh, <laughs> the and beating heart of our country. The beating heart of our country. Yeah. And uh, luckily, there is a whole bunch of what's called orphaned wells. Not Orson Welles, the author, uh, slash. Uh, Although this could, this reality could auteur. be could be written into an Orwellian it reality. Could, yeah, like the, it it could be. Uh, but no, uh, the beating heart that is that everybody always likes to say is the beating heart of the economy in Canada. I will point out that the automotive industry in Canada about the same total GDP as oil and gas. But I mean, you kind of need one with the other. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we have these great things called orphan wells, and they're essentially abandoned wells that were uh, pulling oil, yeah. gas, natural, natural gas, gas out. Oil yeah. fracking occurs in them. Yeah. Um, to get more out of the uh, the wells, and kind of like two thousand and eight, where 
a whole bunch of banks packaged up shitty, sketchy mortgages that nobody would buy and then resold them packaged with other products in a way that made them not look like shitty hot garbage. And then led to, you might have heard of the 2008 recession. Mm, yeah, I think they, I remember that. Yeah, where yeah. there were a few companies that were too big to fail that had to get bailed out. I was too busy playing video games, so I don't remember that. Clearly, yeah, but. yeah. Luckily, luckily, so was I. Yeah. But here we now have orphan wells that are getting sold to small oil and gas companies. Yeah. So they can go bankrupt and not have to deal with the cleanup. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's very beautiful. It's an excellent structure that our uh, governments, provincially and federally, have set up for uh, multinational uh, oil extraction companies uh, that uh, now we're looking to fit the bill. You know, I think uh, the article I was looking at, we were looking in B.C. specifically around $3 billion uh, of of estimated cost by the Auditor General's, General's office of what these the oil wells in northern B.C., or sorry, natural gas wells. So it's gonna get less miserable. Um. Well, you know what? Hey, this is the thing. The point here is that it's all about future profits. So let me tell you, <laughs> it's all about the future profits. It's all about future profits. If we can invest and extract that goddamn resource, well, we still can. Well, that's that's kind of how Uber operates too, and all these tech companies. So I think we're onto something. Exactly. But I think there's a bit of a problem because Canada didn't do that because. Where we where do we have the money to pay for it? Nowhere. Yeah. So this is instead of getting shifted onto <laughs> the companies that got to make profits and build these wells, it's now getting shifted to the Canadian taxpayer. Yeah. Uh, at a, a tune of what three billion dollars in BC yeah. alone. I've heard another statistic. I don't know the exact number, but uh, apparently the the expected cost of orphaned wells not so orphaned wells there's wells that have not necessarily been orphaned but have not started been be cleaned up and yeah. then there's orphaned wells which essentially mean nobody is responsible for them besides the taxpayer i feel so sad for those wells yeah i mean god those fucking poor things shimmering up in northern bc polluting rivers and farmland and just <laughs> all alone yeah, nothing all, to do just a cancer on it's like a Cr scab on the canadian landscape Cr <laughs> crying away into the rivers their their black tears <laughs> yeah. slowly shedding into our waterways yeah yeah, uh, I did see a stat that said the uh, Alberta has the most orphaned wells, the most wells of the provinces. Mm -hmm. uh, Alberta has the most, Saskatchewan the second most, and BC with the the fewest, is my understanding. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. And varying, because I think Alberta primarily, they're going to be the oil. BC is primarily going to be the natural gas, and I think Saskatchewan's going to be primarily the oil. Right, yeah, think, that, yeah that's, I, that I think, sounds... I think that's... Yeah, uh, and they're going to be making more wells for LNG projects in BC. So uh, before they've cleaned up the current ones, they're going to keep making yeah. new wells. Yeah, this is nice. Well, it's good that, uh, you know, hey, I mean, that industry out in Kitimat just prepping for that uh, Asia Expressway of all of our uh, natural gas is getting yeah. exciting. So, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, this is our reality. And, uh, you know, I was going to make the point earlier, too, uh, you know, in terms of fitting the bill. Well, Canada's failed so exponentially in this respect uh, to not be able to fit this bill because they've opened up our fucking floodgates and, uh, you know, let these fucking crony bankrupt uh, oil extracting companies come in and shit on our landscape that... Uh, 
a country respectable. Hey, I, I'll, ha- I'll have you know that I have a 2020 lifted Dodge Ram. Yeah. Because of oil and gas. I <laughs> have a I Heart Canadian oil and gas sticker on my truck. Yes. And on the other window, I have a cartoon peeing on Trudeau because I am mature mm. and I realize that uh, my instant gratification of having fun toys uh, will. Yeah completely collapsing the economy for my kids when it could literally bankrupt the Alberta economy. That's uh, the estimates for the cleanup of orphan wells. Uh, yeah, estimated I, to bankrupt I, the Alberta. I don't could potentially Alberta bankrupt Alberta. So yeah. who cares? I have a sick truck. I get to I get to roll coal on the highway next to oh, your yeah. piece of shit. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking run over your <laughs> Nissan Leaf, and then I'm going to roll coal all over your white Tesla. Have fun getting that stain out, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I don't think your Tesla clean air filter is going to filter through my... <laughs> My coal. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh, sorry. Did that mess up your uh, your auto driving, your self driving <laughs> feature? You, your self your self driving sensors can't see where it's going because I'm rolling some serious coal. Too bad. Send the Tesla into the ditch. <laughs> sensors overloaded. That's where they all belong. <laughs> yeah. I'm Rick from Red Deer, and that's where they all belong. Rick. I don't know why. I don't know why he all of a sudden became southern. Well, well in Alberta, Albertans are dumb, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna be getting some hate for that. Nah, one. It's we, fine. We have some love. I, you know I got what? a friend I, in Alberta. He's, he's I got, good. I got some love for. Yeah, I have a friend in uh, Alberta too. He works on tailing ponds. <laughs> yeah. He, well, my friend also works in the oil and gas industry. <laughs> well, yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's building the future. Uh, building back better. Building back better. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's a thing. I mean, uh, I was gonna bring up the point too of uh, Norway, that astounding country, having a nice fund. That they've taken from, you know, people, whatever, taking the money, extracting the oil, building up this big uh, wealth fund they can use to, you know, reinvest into cleanups. These sorts of things come up and happen. You're dealing with a dead, uh, you know, a nasty spillable resource. Uh, whereas in Canada here, yet again, the taxpayer is fitting the bill. And uh, <laughs> I, the the other thing that I'd, I'd like to point out to Canadians, since one of the things to... Uh, help with us being so fucking miserable is we love to be smug assholes about Americans. Uh, so in North Dakota, where they have the same, the oil reserve in North Dakota is the same reserve that the oil and gas comes from in Alberta. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, what is that, Precambrian, I think that is? Uh, yeah, that's right. Just... Precambrian is a, a time period <laughs> of Earth. I don't know if that's where the oil that's came That's when it was from. formed, I think. In the uh, pre- <laughs> okay. Yeah, back when... Uh, America hadn't formed their border yet, yeah. and, and oil was allowed to come into Canada. Back, back when Jesus was walking the earth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, uh, but in North Dakota, yeah. what they do, which, yeah. uh, again, we like to criticize America for, for their poor policy so much up here. Uh, mm-hmm. Nope. We have the poor policy. They make anybody who's drilling oil wells prepay for the cleanup. Uh, before they start the project to make sure that they don't get orphan wells and that there is money set aside by the corporation who's profiting off the well to clean it up when they're done. I mean, albeit maybe, you know, 
uh, the cost goes higher, and they do go bankrupt, there is a potential for that, I'm sure. Yeah. But at least you have some money down, and you could put that into a fund yeah. to make sure to account for these like things an that might go wrong. Fund. Even if it's a part of the potential cleanup cost, yeah. you know, at least that can be somewhat leveraged, you know, whatever, against a bank maybe to, you know, fit the whole bill and clean up right away or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and that, that has been suggested by uh, some players in both BC and Alberta as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that policy has never came into effect. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I would I would say again, weak provincial and federal regulation not working together. Mm-hmm. Classic Canadian. Yeah, that's no surprise. But that's... <laughs> oh yeah, let's just fuck ourselves federally and provincially. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, let's not have somebody. Let's just fight over who should have the say instead of just coming up with a policy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is my oil. I get to make the choice. Yeah, well, it goes between two provinces, so it should be federal. Nah. And then you just fight over it instead of creating a policy. And meanwhile, you bankrupt both the country and the province. Awesome. Love it. Yeah, excellent. Well, that's fine. Yeah, cost... Well, like like the misery index is, employment's, uh, you know, increase, unemployment's increasing and uh, whatever. Inflation is also increasing. Well, inflation increasing should be good because then our gas is more expensive. For, oh, yeah. That's yeah, true. Right? Yeah, that that's, can be a price signal yeah. to start pumping the ground again. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the nice thing, too, is uh, I've read in some of these articles is that, uh, you know, these these decommissioned, well, not decommissioned or, or orphan wells are left there off of the speculation that when oil price gets to, uh, you know, a certain whatever, certain dollar that they will then become profitable again to start, you know, fracking and extracting more oil, which is great. Which, which is, which is great because I, I, that it seems that the, the boom days are, are over Saudi Arabia and OPEC's policies have changed how they view oil. They realize that they, they essentially are trying to bankrupt competition who has more expensive extraction methods. Yeah. And why and, wouldn't you do that? Yeah. And uh, so the OPEC, so OPEC is the oil producing economic commission, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, UAE, yeah. the Emirates, um, a, a bunch of Middle Eastern countries that have oil wealth. Yeah. Uh, Kuwait's in there too, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Russia who can produce oil bar- at the barrel Price is roughly similar to OPEC's, a little bit more expensive, but fairly similar. And Canada and the, and the U.S. just cannot compete. Yeah, and I mean, fracking, I think, was a bit of a Band-Aid on that issue for a bit when we discovered that and we started to push that. Um, you know, that being, yeah, sending that compressed uh, water, steam, whatever, down with chemicals and uh, just extracting it really from the ground and disrupting uh, sedimentary uh, structures and uh, fucking up uh, aquifers. And I mean, uh, you know, the list goes on. Hey, but at least we were able to get some more oil out of it. Well, yeah, and and uh, I also think what people forget too is is part of the reason that the U.S. is extracting it and being a net oil producer is for strategic reasons. After mm. the 1970 OPEC crisis, they were aware that they couldn't be dependent on somebody else's cheaper oil and gas, and they needed to be able to have their own strategic reserves. Mm. So they changed their policy, and and, and that this is why they increased uh, their ability to refine at home. Mm-hmm. And that's where most Canadian um, oil and gas goes, is to the U.S. to get refined, because it's the same bitumen product. It's the, it's the same yeah. type of, of uh, hard-to-refine um, product, whereas... There is a bit of a story told where if we could get uh, this product out to market in Asia, we could fetch a better price, which is 
inherently wrong because they don't have the infrastructure to refine the product. Uh, and China saw that it was taking far too long for a democratic country to build infrastructure. So they went and signed a uh, agreement with Venezuela to get Venezuelan oil for uh, arguably a better product because it's easier to refine for a cheaper price mm -hmm. with uh, lower labor costs and probably the ability for them to uh, finance new infrastructure projects and when Venezuela can't pay it back they then own it. Welcome to Chinese colonialism uh, benefiting from uh, Canada dragging their feet on uh, their infrastructure yeah. project yeah. you laid it out nice and clear yeah you know <laughs> it's uh yeah that's uh that's fine that's fine it's it, everything's fine here the misery will just continue but no i uh no i i agree and i mean um yeah, but, you know, I think in a lot of ways that we just have now had to face that harsh reality that uh, the beating heart of uh, Canada is littered with holes in that heart, and that heart is readily, slowly stopping to beat, really. And, uh, yeah, I mean, rightly so. I mean, we just... Boom, Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom. That's about as fast as the Canadian heartbeat is right now. Yeah, like a heart with a lot of cholesterol and a couple holes in it. Like, it's just not... You, it's not looking nice. You remember when we were down in the United States in uh, Washington State, and we we're in a, in a small town, and we we went to a diner out in a. Oh yeah, on our way back from Portland. Yes. Yeah, and, oh yeah, that's and, a great anecdote. Uh, yeah. There, there's uh, a lineup, and it's it's just kind of your classic looking American diner. And I was unbelievably hungover, yeah. and uh, I took one look at the people in the lineup, and I was like, I can't eat here. Yeah, and I love too. It was you know you were running into sort of what sounded like Southern accents. I don't know. Yeah, this well, place is damn good. Like, yeah, people well, like that. There is an American accent, uh, for sure. Like even once you just cross the border, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Um, Something but. Like there is one fellow, larger fellow. Uh, hey, don't hey, don't you dare fat shame on this broadcasting hey, I'm, network. I'm fat forward. Yeah, I'm fat myself, so I am fat forward. Um, <laughs> the fat forward show. Yeah. Uh, so I saw I, I saw this guy, and he said it's the best breakfast you'll ever have. Uh, I saw how much butter was just on the white bread. That was being brought to tables, yeah. and I instantly walked out to go sit in the car. And <laughs> yeah, I do remember this. Yeah, Canada's heart probably looks like the fellow who said that was yeah. the best breakfast you'll ever have, who ordered a T-bone steak with gelatin gravy on top that jiggled as it mm -hmm. was shaking as it moved towards his table with uh, bacon and sausage and eggs and dripping butter toast so you think about what kind of cholesterol and clogs you have going on in that heart yeah that is what the canadian heart looks and like and let me tell you me being uh, a little bit less hungover i actually proceeded with the meal and ordered a nice chicken soup and let me tell you the blood of canada's heart that flows through it is analogous to this chicken soup aka literally a gel gelatin soup in a bowl jiggling away as I stare down and see a country fried steak filled with, uh, I want to say, lumpy milk coloring to it. Uh, 
delicious. Wow, we look around and uh, people are ordering three entrees. But, uh, you know, no, the, the, that scene we've now turned into a nice, uh, excellent metaphor for what Canada's beating art is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how our cardiovascular system is doing in this country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe that's what we could try to use to present to the... Uh, you think Trudeau would would kind of get that metaphor? Would you think if we laid it out for him like that, he'd, he'd understand? No, I think we, I think for Trudeau to understand, we'd, we'd, we'd need to uh, take him out somewhere surfing with like really slow, small waves coming in every like 15 minutes mm-hmm. and you're paddling out and it looks like one's about to start to catch that you might actually be able to ride. <laughs> And you stand up, and as soon as you stand up, it just kind of like does nothing, and and you'd be like, "Hey, this is this is what this is this is what you've got." And then everyone in the background's like, "Go Trudeau, yay, yay, do it again, do it again, do it again, do." It. And then yeah. he comes, he comes out, and he does a hair flip, and he he's got a little bit of scruff because he's on vacation. Yeah, he's let it go. A little yeah, bit. He, he let it go a little bit. His yeah. phone rings. He realizes he's missed an important meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Emmanuel Macron yeah. <laughs> phoned him up trying to sell him nuclear submarines. Hey, Mr. Trudeau, I hear you are trying to get away from the oil and the gas. We sell we sell you the nuclear submarine that Australia no longer want to buy. Is this good deal? Yeah. Uh, we help you out. And uh, we make this deal and maybe maybe you get some more seats in Quebec for uh <laughs> you know, for uh, a sensi levelling scandal. <laughs> Hey, it's all good. You buy nuclear subs. <laughs> no oil and gas. Yeah. Problem solved. Trudeau's like, ah, uh, yeah, that's going to be a lot of work. Uh, I'm going to just have to pull back on that one. Uh, trying to convince our provinces to do it. Oh, God. Actually, what I... Uh, <clears throat> sorry, Mr. Macron. I really appreciate your offer, but that's a little out of budget. We have to clean up a bunch of oil and gas wells. So what we're going to have to do, which is what we usually have to do, is we're going to buy used 50-year-old equipment from a power that is no longer really a power. So we found the Mexican cartel's stash of ex-Soviet diesel electric submarines that don't really work anymore that are stored on the coast of Venezuela. And uh, China, on their way from Venezuela with their oil and gas shipment, when they're coming up to Kitimat to uh, purchase our liquid uh, LNG gas, they're going to drop off those old Soviet-era submarines. And I think one of the five still works. So that should uh, (laughs) help us get up to our NATO spending that you've uh, been on our ass. Uh, You, the British, and the uh, Americans have been on our ass about. So uh, I think that solves a few problems right there. (laughs) Yeah, we can... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Later. I mean, that's the fo- that's the phone call that uh, Trudeau has when he gets out of the water at Tofino. Let's just say that. Yeah. This is what he's. This is how. This is him on the phone when he's at like Tofino Brewery Company. He's just like sitting there. He's had one too many of their uh, spicy vodka margaritas. Yeah, you, yeah. You ever have the mango spicy uh, margaritas? Yeah, he's at, at the- a brewery. Doesn't even order a beer. He's- yeah. <laughs> well, well, he can't have that many carbs. Yeah, come on. He's yeah, gotta, he's, he's not going to get on GQ if he's got carbs. Yeah, exactly. He's training for that inevitable YouTuber boxer match. <laughs> oh, man. How much... Fuck Mike Tyson, Jake Paul. I want to see... Is it Logan Paul or Jake Paul? I don't know. They're the Log- same fucking uh, person. Oh, yeah. No, Jake Paul. Jake, Jake Paul. Yeah, yeah. Jake, the boxer. Paul, Jake Paul versus um, Justin Trudeau. What, oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think that gets... For, for for money. Hey, I mean, you know what? Canadian politicians, they don't get paid a lot. So you know what? Five years from now, 
Could Trudeau could be asking for some money? Yeah, that, the speaking tours don't work out. No, I I mean if he can't weasel some more money out of talking at we, yeah, then I guess I guess he might have to fight <laughs> Logan Paul, Jake Paul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, and then it should get taxed and put all back into fixing one orphan well. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like a <laughs> it's a fundraiser for fixing all of canada's orphans wells yeah trudeau's just gonna be more punch drunk than rocky and rocky eight or whatever the fuck they're on now yeah <laughs> he's he's gonna he's gonna even start sounding italian like Syl- sylvester stallone yeah hey uh. get, get me the get me the marinara sauce i'm going back in <laughs> Give me a margarita pizza. <laughs> he he doesn't even sound Italian American. He just goes like full Italian. <laughs> and that that's honestly the only way I can see us repaying the debts for for this oil and gas fiasco is through celebrity boxing matches yeah. with former prime ministers. <laughs> yeah, Trudeau becomes a YouTuber. Yeah, I can I, see him. I can see him becoming a YouTuber sensation. Maybe who who else? Who else do you think could could pull off a YouTuber? Definitely Jug for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. He, 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 no, he's he'd born be a, and bred. I mean, no, he kind a, of already is yeah, one. He, he's he'd, a, he'd be a TikTok. He's star. a TikTok. Yeah, he, he, he's got the dances down. I love it when he's when you see the TikTok where he's like doing this, and then he like points his finger to the corner of the screen, and then it says something, and then it's you know another thing, and then he <laughs> da, da, you know yeah, he's, he's like making some point about like social policy, like in a, yeah. in a, in a he's, TikTok. He's uh he's got the social media game on point. Yeah. He doesn't have the uh, winning seats on point so no. much. That's uh that's <laughs> no. where he's struggling. Yeah, for sure. He maybe gets in endorsements but i don't know like aoc and mariah carey or something didn't he get an know. endorsement from was it drake or was it drake's producer like murder beats or something i don't know yeah I, him- th- some, I think some famous but i kind of want to say like some famous singer as well like a, a- yeah I, th- I think like rihanna followed him or yeah, something. yeah i don't know some, if it's an endorsement but, or maybe yeah, drake yeah. followed him i don't know i yeah. mean that kind of is an endorsement in some ways like, yeah i mean public got- public profile yeah yeah for sure <laughs> for sure yeah, I mean, who else? Uh, that's pretty much it, honestly. Like in the Canadian I, sphere, I uh, Pierre Poulavier, however you say his name, the conservative uh, guy who's just like always talking mad shit, like in the in the House of Commons. Oh yeah, no, he, he he's 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 who I uh, he, I reckon takes over PPC post Maxime Bernier. He could he could go on Ben Shapiro or something. Oh or yeah, like, or Dave Rubin. Show here, let me stuff. tell you something. Let me tell you something real <laughs> quick here, guys. So the the the, the issue with that is. <laughs> I've I like I have never seen somebody who has done so much cocaine without ever have doing having done cocaine. Yeah, that guy's wild. That guy's brain is just running uh, at a mile a minute. Yeah, oh my like, god. He's li- I, yeah. His heart is I love how he just his, goes to his, colleges and just yells at college students. He yeah. just like he just literally just goes on tour just to own college students yeah, and I just mean, throws a bunch of facts that he, he has little man syndrome for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. His, his heart is kind of like China's cuz it's beating so fast. Yeah. A lot of shit's happening all yeah. the time. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on <laughs> whereas Canada is just like, "Oh man, molasses." Uh, yeah, exactly. They got uh, they got holes in it, and they got cholesterol. Exactly like that restaurant we described. Exactly like it. A revolving door that just doesn't want to die. You know. You know. Sometimes you know you, you, a couple of those old people that just 
maybe a couple holes in their heart. The cholesterol's high. You know, they're just Chain losing smoking. it, but they just hang on. That is Canada. It's really Canada. They just hang on. Another year goes around. Still a G8 country, motherfucker. Ain't dead yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still clicking away. I mean, uh, so we can give Canada props for that. Um, so, you know, I guess as we ride in this misery wave, uh, we can nod our hats to that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the good news is, I mean, we've also talked about, I mean, mostly focused on the Western provinces, but one of the more forgotten places that also is affected by this is the Yukon. Oh, yes. The yes. Yukon, for those of you who don't know, is a territory in Canada. Okay. Most people don't really yeah. know <laughs> that we have territories. Yeah. It's like, but most is that a character on a, on a TV show? Like, that's, that's sort of... Like, yeah, people are like, "Oh, do you mean Yellowstone, like that new show that everybody likes?" Yeah, You're like, no, yeah. no, 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 it's it's a place in Canada. Yeah, most people when I say it, they're like, "Oh, yeah, that's Yukon Cornelius from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer." Like that's literally what people say to me all the time. It's actually it's insane. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean that that I mean I can understand the confusion because yeah, it's when you have a name like Yukon Cornelius, it's pretty easy to just instantly go there. Yeah, every time. yeah, he, yeah. But. Uh, Sorry, no, go you ahead. Know, you yeah. know what's really surprising that Yukon has done that none of the other provinces have really done? Mm-hmm. Uh, the citizens... Done nothing. No, the no, citizens okay. of Yukon are on the hook for the bill. Wow. Like, Ooh, that's, it, whoa, okay. Wow, that's new. That I what mean, you, that doesn't really happen. On for, the hook for, for the bill? Yeah, for what, cleaning they get, up... They uh, need to pay it? What, they need yeah. to show up with shovels? Yeah. What no, do you mean? They uh, have a decommissioned mine. So it's not oil and gas so much, but I mean, again, Canada being a resource nation, it, it's we're very good at fucking up and leaving it. Yeah. just cut, Clear cut the forest, dig a big hole in the ground, pull out some dirt, pull out some fucking whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throw some steam back in there. Yeah. Get more shit out. But yeah, no, they they leach toxic mes- metals into the Kalan River. Okay, sounds like an important river. And uh, this this gets good too because the federal government allowed the owners to just walk away decades ago, mm. uh, and it was a nine hectare tailing pond. Okay, with yeah. roughly one hundred and seventy thousand tons of tailings. Excellent heavy metals uh, with um, rare earth metals such as copper, perfect. nickel, and gold excellent. were mined in the 1970s. Let's start panning the river. Yeah, let's find the gold. Let's get that Yukon gold rush back on. Let's it, sell it to China. Make some more fucking iPhones. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe sure. we find cobalt and lithium. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So okay. So sorry. This huge tailing pond spills into this goddamn river, and now the the the, the people, the residents of the Yukon, have yeah. to pay for it. What does that even look like? What is uh taxes i good good fucking question i would assume it's it's going to be either austerity or taxes that's really the only two ways governments pay for things wouldn't it be great if you could just say to the government i refuse to pay these taxes but i will offer my labor uh you could they'll put you in jail <laughs> that's that's literally what would no, happen but if you're just like hey you know, but uh, you, you know what? For for some people, uh, since unemployment and uh, housing is the reason we're so fucking miserable, maybe all young Canadians should just stop paying their taxes and go to prison. Yeah. For tax avoidance, mm-hmm. you get three square meals a day. You get a nice little house to live in. Yeah. Probably and, about the same size as your already existing apartment. Yeah. Four hundred square feet, three hundred fifty square feet. Yeah, yeah. Sounds all right. Yeah, okay, it's sure. probably the same size as your apartment. Yeah, and you got a share. You got less. a roommate, which you probably already have. Yeah, since you're since you're lonely, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You now have a friend. Mental health is going up. Mental health is going up. Good. Uh, yeah. This, so, yeah, I think all young Canadians should yeah. refuse to pay taxes, yeah. go to prison, get educated while in prison, yeah. get health care while in prison, and get dental care mm-hmm. while in prison. Make a living. While in prison. And we can be... Uh, the first prison-based economy. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, the, the U.S. is already kind of doing that. Yeah. They, they they do do that very well there. They, yeah, they do it nice and sneaky. But I think if we willingly give up our freedoms... Yeah, it, like if we take a collective stand... Th- like this a collective... is a very Canadian take. I think if we willingly give up our freedoms, <laughs> the government <laughs> will put us in jail and take care of us. Yeah. That's got to be the most fucking passive-aggressive yeah. Canadian thing I've ever said. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. You know where you're from. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, so they're back to the Kalon so River. So what's going on with this goddamn river? I feel they, concerned. Well, it's it's contaminated. Okay. And, uh, so the fish are gone, probably. The, uh, so, the fish and the frogs. Yeah, so essentially, the... Uh, the mine that operated at the time left behind debris, thousands of tons of tailings, uh, <laughs> attempted to stabilize the site during the next three years well, that's good. by submerging the tailings and increasing the height of the tailing dam. Oh, that's good. So the federal government essentially said, if you just drown the problem, <laughs> yeah. we're fine. If you Just build, build higher walls. I don't know. Build, fill it with water so no one can see it. <laughs> yeah. And then build a bigger dam. Mm-hmm. And then when it leaches into the community in 40 years, I will be getting my government pension and not give a fuck and not have to worry about getting reelected. Well, I'll be long gone. Everyone wins. Yeah, great. Except for the people there now. Yes, the unfortunate uh, thing about uh, so heavy metals. The uh, remediation project is now being handled by the Yukon government after the federal government was the one who said you can do whatever the fuck you want. So That's great. tell me how that works. That works so well because they have less resources, uh, less human capital, um, and less money. So that probably makes a lot more sense that they take on this problem. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Makes more and sense. and uh, it also probably makes sense too because they're... Uh, they're, uh, they're, uh, oh, uh, the site, oh that the makes site. sense because Yukon, your Cornelius lives there and he will fucking come in and fix the problem. He's going to get out there Cornelius every day. Cornelius Yukon is going to come home to roost. Yes, he's, he's going to get up there 6 a.m. every morning in his goddamn truck and start shoveling with fucking Rudolph up there. Yeah, so I had a bit of a brain fart. What I was trying to say no, is. No, I knew the, where uh, you were going with that. The, uh, I just took the, the ta- words out the of your The tailing mouth. pond is not close to a major city, I don't believe. Oh, okay, that's uh, good. So it's yeah. a little bit, e- it's even easier to get human capital there. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, 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 that's that's, that's good. where I was trying to go yeah. there. So we have to build a road to get there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> oh, right. but uh, maybe I, we'll take transit there. I don't uh, know. <laughs> uh, again, in uh, classic Canadian traditions of uh, resource extraction, the people who are affected by the toxic waste from this project yeah. are uh, indigenous people. Oh, this is not surprising. Wow. That's, that's uh, a first because Canada has a great track record with, first of all, cleaning up their mess, and second of all, making sure it doesn't affect indigenous people. Wait, so you're saying the indigenous people were not a part of this process? It does not appear that they, they had much say. And indigenous people are... 
residents in the Yukon. Therefore, now they are now responsible for said mess on their lands. Exactly. Oh, got yeah. it. Okay, now I understand. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, so okay. that that's looking good for Canada, as always. Nice, yeah. Luckily, uh, we have another problem that could tank a territory. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going to take much to tank a territory, but I still feel bad for the people who live there. It does yeah. look quite beautiful. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, you know what? You know what's good about the territories? They have nice ads encouraging people to move up there. I, they're some of the best goddamn ads I've ever seen in a, in a country before, let me tell you. And uh, just to go uh, further on this, so it was also an asbestos mine... Okay. Uh, and it is now a flood risk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, building those walls higher. Hey, thank God COVID didn't... happens because when the fucking CBC starts chiming in, attention, alert, alert, flood risk. Put your N95 mask on because... <laughs> well, at <laughs> we least we'll have, have them all. You have a wall of water coming and asbestos flying behind it. Oh, oh, my apologies. This is a different mine. This isn't affecting the Kalan River. This is just uh, affecting okay. Clinton Creek. Okay. Yeah, it's a creek. Um, Who gives a fuck about a creek, right? It's, yeah, and it's uh, <laughs> 100 creek. kilometers away from Dawson City. Okay, well, that's a pretty big city. <laughs> well, it's one of the bigger ones up there. But yeah, so it's an asbestos mine that is ready, to, ready to flood into a creek <laughs> that runs into uh, a city. In It seems to be both Alaska and the Yukon will be affected by this. So oh, excellent. Yeah. it's going to become an international ecological disaster. Okay, so there's a flood risk because of this asbestos mine's tailings pond, I'm assuming, is now to the point where it may overflow or there's a risk, structural integrity, it, geotechnical. That seems to be what the Narwhal uh, article is telling me. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. And uh, again, do you want to take a, t a guess where it's located on whose territory it might be la located <sighs> this on? This might be a hard one. Let me say, I'm going to go, you know what, honestly, I'm going to go with indigenous people again. You are correct. Oh I'm my God! Really? Not going to be able to pronounce it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely terribly butchering that. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, whose so, territory Clinton Creek is uh, located on? Now yeah. is yeah. Okay. Excellent. So if if there's a bit of a trend here uh, with that you may be seeing with Canadian um, resource projects. Mm. Yeah, there may be a bit That's of a correlation. That's because there is. Yeah, there may be a bit of a correlation, hey. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, that's the update on the north. Uh, the resource extraction going up there, nightmare. Uh, luckily, we don't live up there. <laughs> no, we just live in a different province with another nightmare going oh, yeah. on. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> that we just talked about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe you can move to the other side of the country where, oh, what are they working on? Newfoundland, oil and gas offshore. <laughs> and their previous resource was, uh, is it is it cod? Yeah, and wasn't that cod? Yeah. Wasn't it cod? And and. What happened there? Is is it called the Great Cod Collapse? Yeah, I think it's something like that. Where is, is so maybe you want to explain that a little bit. Is it another example of resource mismanagement? Yeah, it's another example of resource mismanagement. No surprise. Hey, it involved the federal and provincial government. Wow. And uh, this one time, it involves the the Great Fucking Ocean. And uh, yeah, this is a which which ocean? The uh, the this Atlantic. Nice. Yeah, the Atlantic. That other pond that we don't really see here on the west coast. Oh, I thought that was a creek. Yeah, not a creek, so we need to worry about okay. it. Yeah, so it's not a creek. we got to worry about it. Um, but yeah, no, that uh, it's a it, true bread and butter resource management issue. Learn this in school. 
shoved down my goddamn throat. And yeah, I mean, it's a reality that uh, happened. Ah, oh God, it was like in the beginning of the 20th century, the 1900s kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, people just saw the cod. They were fishing with buckets. I don't know. They were just scooping their hands down and pulling out cod, loving it. Salting cod, selling cod, huge market based on cod. Like people are get, just loving cod. Cod is delicious. I mean, People don't get tired of cod because it's a delicious fish. So I mean, yeah, you can only eat so much fish. I know, but you know, come on, these are these not are, a huge seafood guy. These are European white people. Come on, their palates are pretty bland. So yeah, I mean, yeah. come on, Sal- salted fish is probably the most flavor they can handle. Exactly. Yeah, don't want to spice them out too much. Christ. Anyways, so yeah, no, we're looking at that. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's bringing more money. Oh, okay, attracting more attention. We start uh, extracting. Technology gets better. We get some fucking gill nets. We get some more gill nets. We get some ones that scrape the bottom of the ocean. Bada bing, bada boom. And uh, we land ourselves into some uh, breeding grounds, which are surprisingly extremely important for these goddamn fish. Uh, Who knew they have breeding grounds? That's... Isn't yeah, that a bit of a surprise. Yes, yeah, so yeah. they have eggs and there's males and females that have sex there, and they lay them and they fertilize, and it's a beautiful place of life. Uh, so those were scraped to hell. Uh, <laughs> those, but those gardens of Eden were destroyed. <laughs> do Do you eat cod caviar? Is that a thing? Uh, yes. Uh, so it's it's for a good cause. It's for fine. sure. Cod liver surprisingly actually pretty good. I had it at a Japanese restaurant, and it was pretty nice. <laughs> little rice, little. <laughs> A little sake. A little sake. It was pretty damn nice. Yeah. I actually had it on the East Coast, too, so who knows where that came su- from. Supporting the cod collapse. Exactly. Uh, you know, so uh, that ni- that was collapsed. And the cherry on top, too, is there's this little thing uh, that all international oceans called the economic uh, EEZ zone or something, economic uh, zone or whatever. And it's, anyways, it's about 200 kilometers off of pretty much any shore that uh, borders right. an international ocean. And uh, boats can come over from wherever and fish those waters as long as they're outside of the 200 kilometers. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, some people from Spain and, uh, you know, maybe some people up from the UK, I don't know, came over. I think it was primarily Spain and just wiped out any more of the cod that were a little bit further off (laughs) the water. So we're getting flanked on our side, their side. And uh, this is all to say that, uh, you know, money was exciting. Salted fish, God, let me tell you, it sells on fucking market like hotcakes. So, yeah, the free market demands what it wants. The free market demands, and you know what? The federal government loved that money. The provincial oh, yeah. government loved that money. They didn't have money. to bail out the Atlantic provinces anymore. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's great. Yeah, uh, so that nightmare uh, ended about... Uh, I, I have a question. Did they invest any of the money made from cod fishing in different industries see the surprising thing is is no did they (laughs) retrain any of the people or were they forced to leave the province and another surprising thing no so they were but they still had the skills of being fisher people right but had nothing to fish okay so follow-up question uh did they reinvest any profits from oil and gas into new industry, uh, new technology, and retraining workers? Yeah, I don't think so. No. I'm going to oh, hedge wow. a bet here, yeah. No, okay. Yeah, uh, so. uh, Did they reinvest any profits from mines that are now polluting uh, indigenous people's lands and waterways? Ah, yeah, you know what? I'm going to say no. I'm mm. going to say no. Yeah. Walking in there. Okay. Yeah, so uh, well, there's a bit of a pattern that's kind of there's formed here. There's a little bit of a pattern. 
Uh, so this might have been happening over a hundred years. Yeah. Wow. Oh, follow-up question as well. Another another industry that we have here is uh, logging. We have mm, uh, nice, yeah. beautiful forests. Yeah, yeah. Um, what happens when a logging mill or uh, a paper mill or uh, any of those gets shut down in a British Columbia town? Oh, yeah. So there's a big local economy. People have houses, families. I think there's schools there. So it's pretty established. Um, but I think when those close, uh, the, the town just dis- is destroyed. It just It's left, right? Isn't, isn't that what happens? Right. And the people who stay usually have good new job opportunities or poverty and oh, other no, issues. No, actually, what I heard is uh, that they actually all relearn and retrain and they start coding Python for Google. They actually become software engineers. Oh, so yeah, it's they take... only forestry that's progressive. Yeah, no, it's, it's, okay, it's, it's I, a I population see. about, re- you know, close to retirement, 60, 50 year olds, and they actually learn coding and become a like a mini Silicon Valley hub. It's insane. Right, it's, right. it's 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 so, crazy. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it is pretty impressive that somebody can go from uh, a, a skilled labor job, yeah, uh, and then working with their hands for 30, yeah. 40 years, yeah. make a good living, yeah, and then lose their job, their house, uh, and their savings. And then in a short six months, be able to compete with uh, technology hubs in Asia, Africa, and the United States and Europe. Yeah, it's, it's truly inspiring. And I would say that kind of story could be Canada's next frontier. Really, it could be truly Canada's next frontier, let me tell you. Yeah, I think what we need to start doing, we need to stop spending money on children's education. Mm-hmm. We need to go to senior homes retirement homes Mm -hmm. and train these people how to code Mm -hmm. how to develop new apps yes and uh how to start hedge funds and trading cryptocurrency yes and they will save us not the young generation we should divest in the youth (laughs) and reinvest in the elderly sick and dying and this is a sustainable plan because all these people I, working on computers—they're well, they're, not—they're not out polluting rivers and creeks and stuff. N- no, it's 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 great, yeah. and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a very viable solution. And funny enough, the person I first heard propose this idea is the same person who's had a lot of the very good ideas on how to retrain and invest money from the resource industries in Canada. Mm. So we know it's going to work. And you know what? This is even better, too, because this would increase Canada's misery index because unemployment will go down and inflation in turn may go down as a result of all this economic stimulus. And we might we might be able to catch up with uh, beacons of hope like the United Kingdom that just left the EU and is in a bunch of turmoil. Yeah. Or uh, the U.S., which is currently uh, apparently the most divided it's ever been since uh, Vietnam. So yeah. we, we, we're really looking at, at, at beacons of hope that we're trying to catch up to. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I think it's, again, going back to this index that started this, I mean, it truly is kind of a, an inspiring message that we can look to, you're right, these beacons. And you know what? If 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 the plan doesn't work out mm-hmm. and we we don't catch up to them, we will most definitely beat out Spain for the most miserable place. <laughs> and then we will be the winners of it always getting worse. <laughs> 